Hey, Peter. Hey, what's up, Adam? Are you certified in scuba? You know what? I actually am a certified scuba novice. Good, because we're about to go on a deep dive. Well, a medium-sized dive. Oh, medium-sized. I'm certified for that. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice, inspiration, ideas, and vernacular coming all up in your earwaves. You always add like one or two more things but with each week. It's a little flourish. And it's also a little verbal flourish for the, for, the, for the fine folks. I'm so glad to hear you noodling around a bit as, yeah, keep noodling, buddy. <laughs> this, I'm a noodler. We're, we're going to go back to a little bit of the roots here of the most recent incarnation of the You'll Hear It podcast, which is when the, root, the, the roots of the noodling started. Yeah. The Peter, Peter Noodles Martin over here. <laughs> Poodle. Po- Poodle Poodles. <laughs> Poodles. Poodles. <laughs> Poodles. No, uh, you don't want to give yourself Poodle, the nickname Poodles, but no. you might have just done it. Uh, but po- I mean, there's a difference between noodling, which I, I mean, now <laughs> I'm, I'm going to definitely I'm going to definitely be right on the line of this. There, <laughs> said there's a difference between noodling. Well, I didn't fit. <laughs> I'm trying to demo what I'm actually doing. Okay, there's a difference between loot noodling and just playing background music. Like, like talk a little bit. I'll show you background music. I mean, so, background, like, like, like uh, pads. Okay, so first of all, you're not allowed to give yourself your own nickname. Second of all, Poodles is a fantastic nickname, so See, I'm going to allow it. Keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, this is background. This actually makes me feel... Yeah, I'm now, really, now I'm noodling. I'm using... Yeah, this is too much. This is too much. Man, do you follow... This is straight smack Raymond right here. We're going to start the episode here in a little bit. No, we are started. Uh, do you follow just a little bit of Instagram uh, catching up? Do you follow Chris Dave on Instagram? No, Chris Daddy Dave. Yeah, he's, he's, referring to man, he's got an amazing so. post. He mostly posts like uh, church music, like memes and stuff like that. But he's been <laughs> posting <memes. laughs> He's been posting these like like church musician memes. They're hilarious. Yeah. He's been posting these like uh, the audio from the, the um, in-ear like PA between the musicians at the churches. It's really funny to hear like, don't do that. That's not the time for that. <laughs> like them yelling at each other, getting mad. As, as like, they haven't passed the collection as, plate yet. Yeah, as like church is happening, they're like, this isn't what this is for. <laughs> it's amazing, man. That's great. He's a great follow. Okay. Uh, noodles. Uh, I'm, I'm going to noodle. I'm going to noodle a little church music behind you. Hi, poodles. Oh, man, this is amazing. Okay. So today... What we're talking about today absolutely does not fit with what old Noodles McGee here is doing right now. <laughs> Noodles Malone. So uh, we've been doing these episodes on the real book. Really, I mean, they're they're framed as the real book. And by the way, there's a there's a hell of a lot more real book defenders out there than I thought there. I would know be. we we thought we were bringing in allies. Oh it my turns gosh, out we, we pulled all of the the real book OG. Like salesmen, perhaps even maybe even the writers. Maybe that was like Steve Swallow and, it and, might and have his been. whole crew. <laughs> He's like sent his 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 people on his, his minions. Place. Yeah, but his real uh, book minions. Anyway, so uh, just to set this up, so we're gonna do another episode here where we're gonna talk about some commonly played tunes and just to frame this, we're not really bashing the real book. What I think we yes, do, we are. Well, we will be. <laughs> I'm sure at some point. I mean, we, offhandedly, <laughs> but only because it's wrong. Directly. No, no, no. Uh, seriously, though. But what we want to do with these, what's really interesting, I think, to us, to both of us, is that um, when you kind of like go on deep dives uh, as a listener of yes. the tunes, right? You actually learn a lot about, you know, if you can go back as far as you want to the origins of the song, you can learn some interesting things that um, not only are very helpful and maybe can give you some ideas about how to arrange it or how to play it, but then you actually get to see the moves of the famous versions. And that's yeah. what we like to point out. Like, it's not it's not that Miles Davis was wrong for how he played Stella. It's just interesting to see 
you know, the version that he probably was listening to or that was popular at the time, and then he took and made his own thing out of. Yes. Knowing both of those makes it for kind of an interesting experience. It kind of enhances the Miles version, and then you're like, oh, and that's kind of what the original changes probably were close to. It's really interesting conversations and, and enlightening discussions we can have around it. So it's not, no one is wrong here is what I'm saying. It's like, right. there's no, there's no wrong way to do any of this stuff. It's just interesting to go a little bit deeper than what the real book has, or maybe what you've learned at the jam session. Well, and I wonder if it's the kind of situation, even if we could, we could look at some technicalities and say that miles was wrong the way he played Stella or anything else uh, around midnight, like, and you know, that's more of an issue that I have with that because, but maybe it's one of those situations where if Miles is wrong, then I don't want to be well, right. Well, it is a fascinating situ situation because if Miles does something, and it, obviously if Miles is doing it, it's going to become, you know, very famous. Right. And then a bunch of people are going to copy that. So but then, then, but then you get into a lot of defending, like, you're not doing it the right way, the way that Miles did it. Right. <laughs> right. Which isn't the way the monk did it, of course. Right. right. We've, and we've, I think we did that one on our last real book th thing yeah. where we did more jazz standards and jazz compositions. Yeah. So today I wanted to go back to three very famous jam session tunes we're going to cover autumn leaves ever heard of it yes. really yeah, famous yeah. song yeah i have autumn leaves <laughs> what is this thing called love yes and i fall in love too easily so autumn leaves uh, joseph cosma uh was a french uh poem and with music added in 1945 uh, i've got a french version Chant Chant so, what is this thing called love cole porter of course Pepe uh, Le Pew. from the music noodling uh vo vocally by the way from the musical Wake Up and Dream. And then I Fall in Love to Easily, music by Jules Stein, beautiful music by Jules Stein from the film, 1944 film Anchors Away, uh, starring Frank Sinatra. And so we have, what we're going to do is we're going to listen to the original, not the original versions first. We're going to listen to sort of what I think are kind of the most well-known versions. You could have yep. your own versions of these, but these are what I think of. Okay. And then we're going to kind of go on a little bit deeper of a dive of what's going on and kind of talk about some of the differences. The theme of this week's standards deep dive is yes. really going to be two fives. Okay. And there was this whole era, right, in... Yeah, this whole era, really in music, I was going to say jazz, but it's not really even that, where people were just throwing two fives everywhere. It was right. just two five crazy. Two five one, two yeah. five one, yeah. two five one going crazy. Yeah, two, five, nothing wrong, again, nothing wrong with two five ones, but maybe there's other options. And I think if we can go back a little further and see some of the original harmony for this, it kind of gives us a, a bigger picture of, of what could happen. Okay. Sound good? Sounds good. So let's start with Autumn Lee. Commence. Oh, festival. <laughs> Autumn Leaves, the quintessential jam session standard. Autumn Leaves, uh, written in 1945. How about a little uh, Bill Evans portrait in jazz? Okay. Check this out. You know this. Uh, you know what I mean? Keep yeah. going. So this uh, Bill Evans trio version, oh, it's a good bass solo. Definitely one of the first ones I think of, along with Cannonball's version, of course. Yeah. The the yeah, naturally those two I kind of think are right around the same time. 
now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of things that are a little different than the original. So let's listen to uh, the first like recorded hit of this was in 1950 in France um, by Yves Montand. Oh, Yves en France. Yves, Yves Montand. À Paris, at but, le club du jazz hot. But interestingly, I think music publishers and, and record companies knew what they had with Autumn Leaves because oh, oui. it's such a good song. Like it's, oui. You know what I mean? And so uh, English version came out the same year, uh, lyrics by Johnny Mercer. Yeah. And recorded first by Joe Stafford. I think we've had Joe Stafford on the show before singing something, I want to say. Oh, but not live. Not, no, no, no. I don't think she's been live for a while. But uh, uh, it's she's got a, man, such a rich voice. Yeah. And this is the first English version of Autumn Leaves on a, on a label. Check it out. Wow. Summer kisses, the sunburned hands I used to hold. Since you went away, right, check out the bridge here we have on the days screen. Grow longer, and soon I'll hear old winter song. But I miss you. Most of all, my darling, when autumn leaves ah, you know, got a little half step in there that has been abandoned. Ah, oh, the string arranging. Yeah, oh, man, so the string lush. arranging in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Just incredible. It, it makes me think of like the synchronized swimmers in the <laughs> Cassie. Yeah. No, definitely. Like this is, is this is as hip as the Bill Evans version of the Cannonball version? Certainly not. But it does give us some insight. So there's one thing that I want to highlight here, and that's yeah. the second half of the tune. So interestingly, if we go to the real book version um, back here, and so uh, this is we're, we're here in the second half of the tune, yeah. right? And actually, the real book version is in the key of G, but that Bill Evans version and the and the Cannibal version is B flat. So right. we're just going to do a B flat. So there's a two five one. A minor two five one that right. everybody plays. Right? Yep. Now in Joe Stafford's version, and I've transposed it here to the it real goes book right key, to the five. Right, right to the yeah. five. Now she doesn't do the five on the A section. On the A section, it's all the twos, fives, right. ones. I think it's just really interesting that then on that second half, they really become the tune gets simpler. Yeah. You know, it becomes just five one five one. Was there, there maybe did I maybe hear? Um, there was a there was but it was over the five over right? the five. Yeah, yeah. And so this is just kind of the theme of the day is you don't always have to two it. You can just five right. it sometimes. Wow. And in fact, knowing that, and the, also the original French recording of this is the same thing. Two fives in the first half, five ones in the second half, which mm. is, it kind of adds a layer of like, oh, that's interesting. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong, but it just is kind of a, an interesting way to think about it, that the first people that were playing this were thinking that. Now, Joe Stafford here, her the, the arrangement that she's playing, I'm not sure who did the arrangement, but... Uh, that last four bars there, yeah, that's a nice little change there. I, that, I love uh, that half step there. You hear in a yeah. couple of different early versions of this. So the real book has 
I go back. That's another two fiver, right? Well, the real book, yeah. Well, it's a flat six oh, five, right? Right. And yep. it has major seven in the real book, which I've never heard anywhere else. Bill Evans doesn't do that. Cannonball doesn't do that. Yeah, I don't know I what know, that's about. Me no like. I don't like that either. But this, very nice. Yeah. Can you play that? It's just a little bit richer. It's, yeah. it's just not so. Well, and it's just got that. It's got more of a counter melody in the bass line versus. Absolutely. Isn't that nice? So again, it's like the the real book way, the Bill Evans way. Not wrong that to put twos in the two fives, but kind of cool to find out that the original versions didn't really do that. There was right. a lot more five one happening, and in fact it kind of frees you up as an improviser. If you wanted to go more modern with it, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? The two fives to me, put me straight in the straight ahead jazz, like right. category. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's interesting. Cause I think you played, I think that hers was more like real triad. And we both went to that kind of that. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is just one extra note with that ninth or second, but gives it that. Oof. See what I'm saying? That's so nice. It just gives you some good ideas here. So, oh, see, he's taking, he can't help it with the road sound. He can't help it. Rhodes noodles. Rhodes noodles. Okay, next up, if we can take the notation off for a second. Yes, Peter. sir. So next up is, uh, what is this thing called? Love, of course, jam session standard. Everybody yes. knows it, right? Is, is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always confuse that with... There is no greater no, no love. Greater love. Uh, They're we, both about love. We'll do that on the next episode. Right. So, one is more questioning. Well, one is more demonstrative. What is this thing called love? I always think of Clifford Brown, Max Roach, Sonny Rollins. Ooh. Check it out. Ah. Groove. Simple groove. Simple groove. Gutsy, like one and a half minute intro there. <laughs> it's the best, man. It's the best. Max Roach. He's the best. Right. He's the best. Swing, instant. Bam! Bam. I mean, is that swinging, though? Yes. Is that, <laughs> yeah. Next week's episode. Is that swinging? Yes. We just listened to Max Roach and say, is that swinging? Yes. Of course, what is this thing called love? You know it, you love it, you probably played it. Oh. Ah. Come on, stop it, stop probably it. Played it. I, I'm, we're not going to be able to finish the episode. Probably <laughs> played it a billion times, yeah? yeah? Not like that you haven't. Not like that you haven't. So there's <laughs> there's another version. Okay. Uh, this is, oh, this is so corny. This is Libby Holman, actress, singer. 1930 was when this Chanteuse. was recorded. This was Chanteuse. the earliest recorded version. Now, I know we have a lot of like uh, sheet music heads out there, so please yeah. send me your versions. If you have older versions, original copies, I am not a sheet music head, so I don't actually have a ton of experience researching sheet music. But we do ask, dust them off. 
They might be a little old and dusty. Are you dusty implying that they're dusty? <laughs> well, no, I mean literally dusty. Like, please clean them. Don't be sending a bunch of dirty pa- paper up in here. You know what I'm saying? But again, even with some corn dogness, that is uh, all all respect. Corn dogness. All respect to Libby Holman. You should really. I this is one of the funs about going on deep dives of this is you learn about interesting people. Libby Holman was she was on fire. She had an interesting life. It did she? Yes. Was she ahead of her time? Well, she ways. she was ahead of the earth in some wow. ways. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Libby Holman was really Not familiar interesting. with her work. This was recorded in 1930, one year after Cole Porter wrote the song. And this 1930? Was 1930? Is that what you said? Yeah. Dang. I know. That's a long time ago. Let's check it out. This is Libby Holman. What is this thing wow. called? Love. It's this is weird. You could see her picture. I was a humdrum person leading a life apart. When love blew in through my window wide and wakened my humdrum heart. Love blew in through my window. Mm, It's kind of hip. I was so happy then. Is that a tuba instead of a bass? It's a tuba and banjo instead of a bass and piano. I haven't made the shift yet, have they? It's 1930. Ooh, Check it out. Pedal point. Classic pedal point. Oh my god. She's in the key of G here. There's a G through that whole first A. C minor over G. Now they'll go Why should it D7 to G major. You know what I mean? That's not bad. That's pretty hip, right? I saw you there. She, Libby's not messing around, actually. Libby's living her life yeah. here in 1930. Libby was might have been liberated, huh? Libby was liberal. She was... And literal with her she was. intonation. Again, Addiction. check out that pedal. So, Peter, uh, can you put on the sheet music, please? What is sheet music activated. Wish I had that kind of vibrato. That just... <laughs> you do. Okay, so what is this thing called Love? Cole Porter... So why did people start going to the minor to end it? Didn't they? No, no, no. Everybody still goes to the major. But what people do here in the real book and what, what we heard Clifford Brown do, I mean, as jazz musicians are wont to do, right? Where she, uh, Libby was in G, so we're uh, down a fifth or up a fourth in C. Just two and two five in it, right? Yeah. Minor two five. Yeah, in yeah. It. Instead, uh, that recording that we just heard from 1930 keeps everything in that first A over a C pedal. And it's and it's it's, it's very dirge. It's more than that too, because it is. It is very dirge. It's like. Keeping it going. And something very mysterious about it. Then on the second A, same kind of thing. Now the pedal. That should go to the tonic there. 
That's bad copy pasta. But you get the idea. The, the harmony there is different. Now, I, I've also, I don't have it here, but uh, check out James P. Johnson's version. He does a similar what? thing. Okay. Yeah, James P. Johnson does a similar thing in 1930 or 31, I think, of uh, staying on that pedal throughout the whole A. It, to me, these little details totally change the dynamic of how I yeah. am going to approach this from now on. I think that's super hip. I think so, too. And, like, the way we would normally think about if we were going to throw a pedal on this, it would be like... be pedal on the five and then it would be to, to go to the five of the actual five there as opposed to staying on it right yeah yeah well that's what she does in the second a but the first day she just stays on the five yeah yeah but even that little detail is kind of yeah, hip man it is. it's kind of a hip change so it's yep. just but again it's just like instead of and and we have people in the chat asking like well why if if you're still doing devices that are similar to a two like when you suss out in autumn leaves yeah why even worry about it? But it is the options of not just automatically insert two five, right? right but there's right. like actually like 10, 20 different things you can do to achieve a similar but um, but varied effect. So that it's not just all Dorian, Mixolydian, tonic. You know what I mean? Right. It's it's different ways to uh, to do it. So it's pretty cool. Especially that G. What is that G seven over? So we got the first. That G seven over C is hip. Yeah. Let's hear that again. Let's hear, especially with the flat nine, because you got that. Let's hear young, troubled Libby Holman. Huh. A little polka, polka-esque vibe there. Bum, bum, bum. Just all on that tonic That battle. piano player's noodling. You hear that? He's a noodler. It's noodling. So here's the second A. Again on the one. Now they'll go to the five. Why should it make a fool of me? Now even on the bridge instead of two five. Just five. Yeah. Instead of two normally you would go two five there. But it's just five yeah. there. It's it's great. So again, the whole theme of today's episode is that if you kind of go back before that straight ahead era, you're going to get less two fives, more varied versions of five, which is why I think people like, you know, people in the chat are saying like, this is Barry Harris talks about this. Ethan Iverson talks about this, but it is, it just is a kind of an interesting way to frame things. It's not wrong to learn things as two fives, but right. there's just a whole other world out there that we can. It is fun to see where it comes from. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And what it replaced. All right. We got one more. You ready? Okay. You want to take that uh, notation off notation one more time? off. Okay, here's, uh, I love this tune so much. This has been on the podcast before. Uh, I, f I played it once, and I played it, you're, you're going to freak out, Peter, because it's so unlike me, but I played freak the melody. Freak out! Played a wrong note on the melody. Heard about it from our listeners, <laughs> as um, they're wont to do, and I'm wont Really? To... Never, I, I don't remember this at all. Doesn't seem like them, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, learned a lot, actually, from our listeners. <laughs> I actually learned a lot. Learned quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I fall in love too easily. I think of Chet Baker, I think of Miles Davis. Yeah. Seven Steps Down. Victor Feldman, perhaps? Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Come on. Yeah. 
Mm. Herbie's on this record, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's on half of it. This is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. That's no. as, that's as good as a ballad can get. Um, so phrasing, phrasing, phrasing wow. everything, and the changes, everything. I mean, just beautiful harmony, rich melody. The sound, the playing, all good. Mm. Uh, so I Fall in Love Too Easily, uh, lyrics by Sammy Kahn, music by Jewel Stein, written in 1944 for the film Anchors Away, which I've not seen but starred a young Frank Sinatra. Now, I don't know, Peter, if you know young Frank Sinatra. Of course I know. But damn. Good looking dude. I mean. I mean, but also even middle-aged or not, yeah, middle-aged uh, acting Frank Sinatra. Of course, the, vo the voice, the golden voice. The beautiful voice, but as an actor, have you seen? And, and I d diverge a little bit here. The Manchurian Candidate, the original version. It's been I, back in college. I watched a lot yep. of those old classics, but I haven't seen it in man. I you know five, that, five years. I haven't seen it in five years. That's when I was in college. Yeah, five that was right. That was uh, online college. Yeah, that yeah. was online college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, the exciting thing about that movie, well, an interesting thing was it was banned for many years. I think actually right after. It was released. They banned it because it hit a little, a little too close to home. Yeah, with some Vietnam, oh, maybe you no know, Korean War stuff or whatever. Wow. But uh, it was re-released when I was like maybe, I don't know, a teenager or something. Because I remember I went to the High Point Theater, saw yeah. with my dad. But great actor. But yeah, young Frank Sinatra for sure. Well, let's get the notation. Oh, by the way, we have a PDF here. It's linked in the description. Do of we? The podcast. Yeah. And okay. Of course, uh, here check it out in the description. Uh, on YouTube, check out the PDF. That's yours to take where you can see these examples. Peter, can you put the notation back up yes. on screen for our go. YouTube folks? There we are. So for this last one, uh, we're going to focus in here on just the last cadence of the nice. tune. Now, I don't. if you've not heard the original from Anchor's Way, this was actually what the, the recording they used in the film just with Frank Sinatra singing and playing piano on the film. Quick question, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this Anchor's Away? This sounds like it might have been one of those from that genre of... Um, they're sailors. They're going to New York. It's a little bit swashbuckling. Like well, no, they're, they're, there's a little bit of another connotation on the high seas. You know, no, the swashbuckling. You no, they're out to get about. they're out to get dames on leave. I think is the okay. That's that's ostensibly. Yeah, ostensibly. Yeah. Oh, do you do you know how this is? Um, how this is? Uh, okay, maybe I'm going to throw this up here. You know how it's spelled? I have it right there, man. Where? Oh yeah, so it's a little bit of a away. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a yeah. a little pun there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you haven't heard this original version, I was I didn't know this original version. I grew up on the Miles version. I grew up on Chet Baker singing it. Yeah. This, I mean, talk about getting out of the two fives and finding the juicy bits of the harmony. This is this is what actually inspired. Look at that. Look at that. Gene Kelly, Catherine Grayson. Man. Right. There's a threesome there for you. There's oh a threesome for you. Look at this guy. Not bad. Not bad. Dean Stockwell. <laughs> Wasn't he in Quantum Leap? <laughs> that guy's really, really ageless. <laughs> Holy smokes. Aged yet ageless. <laughs> okay, here's uh, Frank Sinatra's I Fall in Love Too Easily from Anchors Away. Uh, just stunning. Yeah.
this final cadence here and still I fall in love too easily I fall in love too fast did you hear that Oh, so pretty. Uh, so this is this is why it's fun to get out of out of this the two five zone and, and check out what's going on here. So we're gonna put it to the real book key. So in the real book here, these last four bars. So it's just the two and then you know the the five of the two. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, flat six. Uh, sorry, flat seven five. Yeah. Two five or two, two five, five or two one. But what is in the original? So for even just out the gate here in the original, it does this. This crazy like yeah. G seven to E flat seven sus to the four, and then it keeps going up to the a little B flat seven or B flat seven sus. Yeah, and then to the one. And that gives you that, even though that A flat is kind of functioning as oh a temporary gosh. one, but it gives you that four, five to one as it's opposed a, to two, five. Exactly. And then landing, instead of landing on the flat seven, it lands on the one, which is so much more gratifying. And then just a little walk down to the six. And then the wow. two. Oh, I like this one here. That's All the, right. <laughs> that is the flat six. It's like a G seven flat nine over B. To the one over five, so it's like two, and that's just we were talking about before, like kind of entry points to putting some kind of modern hip substitutions. You got, I mean, it's right there for you. Like if you wanted to go modern, it's there in the original. Like yeah, it's that that sort of that chorale bass movement. That's yeah, not totally. You know what I mean? That's a lot of like just as strong of a melodic movement with the with the root as there is coming off the melody. I was one of the the greatest classes I ever had at the new school was with an amazing ear training teacher named Armin Denelian, who's mm. one of the greatest ear yeah. training teachers ever. Yeah. And he talked about that that your bass lines as you craft reharmonizations after you, as you craft arrangements need to be as strong melodically as the melody. Mm. They can't just jump all over the place because you got to hit this or whatever. Like you can craft if you know how to do what's happening here you can craft melodic bass lines which is done beautifully here. and if you think about it you know a two five one on its own in terms of the root movement is not the most melodic thing or it can be because it can be but it's actually like moving up like that that's not really a melodic movement whereas can be kind of a stronger thing yeah depending on the situation or how about how about like yeah you know, and even so much more so than just. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's honoring the melodic movement of the actual root. Even here, just getting into the four from the two, you know, instead of doing just a five and then back to the yeah. two, which is what you do. Like, I don't even know where this G7 flat nine is really coming from or going to. Yeah. But uh-huh. it, there's something about it that just adds. Yep. And all it, this. it sets let's, up that four, let's, five, let's four to five this. to one. So nice. Frank Sinatra version one more time from the. Well schooled. Cause I've been fooled. In the past. And still I fall. Beautiful. Five. I fall in love too fast. Gorgeous. I think he's in the key of C here. Yeah. I have this. Uh, I have the chart in the real book key of E flat. So, so good. Well, and check this out. You had a question about, or you were trying. I could see you. I could see your noggin turning. Dean Stockwell. How is this? That is a very young Dean Stockwell. No way. It's yes. him from Quantum Leap. <laughs> no way. <laughs> See, that's because you were like, you were doing the math and you couldn't. Well, I was <laughs> like, Gene okay, Kelly. so that was, it was Gene Stock, Stock, is it Stockwell? Gene Stockton. Gene Stockwell. G- Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. Yeah. I was like, Dean that's, Stock, that's the same guy, the name from Quantum Leap. It was an 89, 90, 91. That was that he was show. A, he was an older How gentleman, old but not that much older. I was like, was he a teenager? <laughs> Turns out he was a little kid. He's a little kid. Yeah. Man, that dude's a pro actor, man. Oh, man. he's a, He was great. He yeah. was great on that show. What was you love Al? That show. His name was Al. He was like the computer. <laughs> I love that show. Well, oh. full circle, man. <laughs> Going back in time. It's a Quantum Leap. That should have been the title of this friggin' episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're going to retitle it after this. The next one. The yeah, next one. Totally, oh, it's amazing. Totally. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, let us know what you want to hear next. We already have some suggestions. Because we are out of ideas. <laughs> no, not at all. Actually, we could do this. There's so... I was. I, I had to whittle this down. There's so many... What do you know about What'll I Do, man? Have you ever heard the original version of What'll oh, I what Do? What'll I Do. Not the Chris Bodie version, which I know oh, is your God. favorite. No, that is... But, but, but there's... The original Irving Berlin sheet music yeah. is like that's a great that's a great lyric too yeah yeah good awesome thanks everybody thanks everybody peace until next, until next uh, time until next <laughs> until next time you'll hear it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Nice one, Pete.